Hello and welcome to the Four Teachers podcast. I'm Michaela Howard-Jones. This is the first episode in a series focusing on staff spiritual formation for teachers in Catholic schools. Today, James Meston sits down with Tessa Barr, a teacher at St Pat's Mansfield Park, to talk about her experiences teaching in a Catholic school for the first time and the staff spiritual formation team's early career teachers program. The first question he had for Tessa, if you had to pick one moment in your life when you knew you wanted to be a teacher, what would it be? I remember having a conversation with my mum. I was in year 12 and she said, you know, they've given you your SACE um, booklet of all the different universities you can go to. What is it that you're truly passionate about? Uh, and I straight off the bat said, well, mum, like, I really love animals. I could either be a vet. I said, but... I also love children mm-hmm. and I've always had that, you know, nurturing a personality where whenever there were those little kids, I was always able to be there to help them out and to teach them a new thing. Um, so for me, that really came naturally, even though I am the youngest of my family and I was always said that I was the baby or whatnot, I always, you know, aspired to be better and be better like my siblings were. And for me, then I took that into nurturing, you know, my younger cousins and everything as well. I think I pestered my mum for 13 years to have a baby after <laughs> me because I didn't want to be the youngest. Okay. And then my auntie finally decided to fill those shoes for me. And okay. then, you know, that's where I really saw that nurturing side where, you know, I was always seeing myself around little kids and helping them to grow and learn and and I really loved that. So for me, having that discussion with my mum and her saying, no, I even see it. You're really great with kids. That You'd be fantastic with that. So I applied for three different unis and I got um, the, my first choice, which was early childhood. And so you go through the whole teaching. You is it Was it here that you started? Is this your first no, teaching job? This is my third. So I started my career out um, as a kindy teacher, actually. So when you finally found yourself in a school, was that job number two? That was job number two, So yes, talk so to me about, about that. When Before I even finished uni, I was working um, down the bay at a fruit and veg shop and my old principal that I grew up with was coming in there. And oh. he said, he's known me since before I was born. And he said, Tess, when you finish, hit me up. I told him what I was doing at the moment because I hadn't seen him in a while. And he said, oh, how fantastic, you know, always looking for work. When you finish your degree, come and hit me up and I'll give you some work. I said, hey, how's it going? Came in, I said, I'm looking for work. And then I, it, the ball just started rolling. Yeah. Okay, so moving now towards this whole idea of staff spiritual formation, which is mm-hmm. kind of the reason I'm here today. Just before we get there, though, like how does the school here at St. Pat's, how does the staff and the the leadership of the school um, support the religious formation of teachers? How is it done? I guess the invitation to prayer is daily for us. So we every time we have a staff meeting, we're always sitting down and we're having prayer together first and um, we explore the different ways that we can do that as as a staff and also how we can then present that to our children and teach that to our children. So, yeah. so another example of that is that... Um, Every term, we have a turn at also doing staff prayer where we invite everybody of a, of a morning and before school starts and we come together and we'll um, say prayer together. Mm. Um, a lot of it, our APRAM, she will come up with some fantastic resources that we can use and access together. You know, we'll go through some mindful meditation together where we're walking around the room and we're being mindful of our steps and our thoughts and our breathing mm. um, and, you know, grounding ourselves Um strong with you know grounding yourself and being there in the presence of your thoughts and everything that's happened with you in the day and you know giving thanks and making sure that we're being present 
I guess, mm. is the big part. Being present because a lot of the day we're thinking about, you know, what's coming next and, and what we need to do then and after that. And, you know, the list is never ending. So um, she taught us some really great strategies of just sitting and being still and, you know, blocking everything else out so that we can be present with God before we start our prayer. Right. What sort of impact do you think that has on uh, as a teaching staff and as a school? I guess the whole purpose of it is just to reset our minds, the beginning of it, reset mm. us ind- independently as ourselves, personally, and then as a whole staff as well. You know, we're all coming in with different days. Yeah. And um, it's, a good, it's a good way for us to decompress, be connected back to, you know, ourselves first and the purpose of why we're there um, before we then delve into the day and what we need to do. Um, particularly, I haven't, you know, been up too much in the upper years to see how their prayer runs and rolls and whatnot. But, um, you know, in the junior primary, it's of a morning that we come in together and, you know, it starts right through when the students open their doors. Good morning. How are you? You know, that, mm. that communication is what's key. Um, you know, checking in with them emotionally and socially is saying, you know, how are you going? I can see that, you know, you might've had a bit of a difficult morning. How are you going? Um, with us, we, we use a lot more of those social cues, um, and have that more of an opportunity for our it's it's important no matter what year level that you're in to check in mm. um and so you know being mindful with them throughout the day as well we're encouraged to um have prayer in the mornings so what that looks like for me inside my classroom is you know the students have ownership and agency over that so we've gone through the whole year of whether they would like to read a bible quote together or whether they would like to read a little prayer card or have a moment of silence or everybody say something they're grateful for or we always sing a beautiful psalm or a song with each other they really enjoy that time because it's you know everything's quiet there's the prayer space set up and, you know, God is with us. Um, you know, it's just all that mindful checking in. You know, we just, just exploring. I guess the big thing is just exploring our faith and connecting to God in as many ways as we possibly can. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way to do that, I feel. Mm. Um, and, you know, being in such a diverse community, our students are accessing prayer and their gods in such a different way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being being mindful of the ways that or, – or the knowledge and, you know, who, who everyone prays for, um, just being mindful of that and getting to know one another and how or the different ways that we can pray yeah. so that we're not just being inclusive of, you know, our Catholic faith. That is at the centre of everything that we do, but also, you know, getting to know the other students in our classroom and how they pray or who they pray to. And, you know, the, the beauty in that as well. So as a staff, you know, we're very multicultural school. So, you know, making sure that we're exploring it in all these different ways and, you know, doing it in the best way for our students. When you first heard about the staff spiritual early teachers um, program, mm-hmm. When you first heard about it, what was your thoughts about about it and what would it be like? Um, so the way that it happened was um, my APRAM actually came straight to me and said, you are perfect for this. You, know, <laughs> you are, you know, you're Catholic, you know, you, you, not that that would matter, but, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're Catholic, you know, you're early in your career, you know, you're very, you know, very driven and open. 
Mm. Um, I would love for you to do this. And I said, oh, first of all, I was like, hang on a minute. What's this, a sleepover? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure what it was Because whenever about. someone says to me, so I laugh, because whenever someone says, oh, you should do this, you're perfect for this. Yeah. I'm going, what are you what seeing? What do you mean? Because yeah. you always think there's a blind spot that you've yeah. got that some people mm-hmm. are seeing going, okay. I tell you what, the experience was very personal to me because at the monastery I've mm. recently had my um, grandmother pass away um, and being back in that space for me was really nice because I was able to reconnect yeah you know um, and in particular you know the people that went on that journey with me they were all fantastic and everybody was so open to share which which you don't always get in a school community did that surprise you that people were like that um not particularly and you know i hate to say it but you know everybody was young there and everybody was early in their careers and so everybody wants to learn everybody wants to pick each other's brains and say hey what are you doing what do you think is the right way to go about this even though there is no right or wrong way but you know how are you doing it you know um it was just so nice to sit down with a group of people and and from different year levels as well because i am junior primary i don't always we're not you know we're a very small school we don't have year levels of 12 year 10 and whatnot and you know how they approach their religious education to how i approach it is you know sometimes very different you know little things that are the same but very different on a different scale um you know we had lots of teachers that had um, different core values within their school as well so it was nice to see how they approached it as well um but just you know being on the grounds and being able to communicate with different people that we didn't know but we felt comfortable you know was there any one moment from the on because it's like a, it's like a night and a day yeah a program was there any if there was one moment that you that you'll always remember what mm. was that um for me we were given the opportunity they mentioned to us that at the monastery, they do prayer. They have a mass at seven o'clock in the morning, and, yeah. I, and I'm quite an early riser. And so I was like, "Oh, I'm going to take this opportunity to get up and go." Mm. So I actually went and attended mass in that morning, and it was really nice being able to, you know, connect with God so early in the morning, and also be in a place that I hadn't particularly been in in a while. I hadn't been to the monastery in a couple of years, and the last mm. time I was there, obviously, I was there with my grandmother. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was quite a spiritual moment to be able to be in that in that church and feel the presence of my grandma there with me as well. Yeah. Um, so for me, that then was a nice way for me to start the day. So yeah. I was connected very spiritually within that day and I knew she was there with me and then, you know, she carried me through the rest of the day as well, being able to openly explore, you know, um, my faith and where I'm at with my faith. And where was that? The way that I explained it, and I guess that's why I'm here today, (laughs) um, was very open and honest. And I said, you know, the way that I see faith is it's ever-changing. And as a teacher, you know, coming with my own Catholic faith and everything that I've experienced and I've been through, I have noticed such a change within my faith as I've grown. Mm. So, you know, for example, um, when I was a baby, I was baptised, you know, and I had a a priest who was actually my family priest who I've grown up with as well and he baptized me he married my parents he um you know gave me my first communion and confirmation he also then was there when my nan passed away so he's been a pivotal part wow of, that's a that's a huge part of your life isn't it yeah so he's been a very pivotal part of um my life spiritually um so you know for me 
I was able to explain that, you know, I have really noticed that through the younger parts in my life, faith was humongous. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to a Catholic school. We went to church because, you know, my grandparents' faith was very, very important to them. We were always going to, to mass with them as well. Obviously, out of respect, but also because they were the values that I had and also because I was young and I had to go where mum and dad told me to go, you know? <laughs> yes. no, that's, where, that's where it's different, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you know, but as I, as I grew up um, and I went into high school, obviously I was still in a Catholic setting, so we were still going to church, you know, being connected with my faith. For me, personally... I've always had God there and that's always changed in different ways. You know, having him with church in me, that's obviously the biggest experience. Mm. Being in there in that holy space. I've always been someone that was, you know, not particularly told, but your mum would say to me every single night, Good night, I love you, say your prayers. Yeah. So I would go I would go home, go to bed, and I'd make sure that I say my prayers before I go to sleep. So I'd always be you know, have that moment just to be with God with myself. So I do that. Um, But that within itself has also changed as I've grown up. I've gone from, you know, sitting in a quiet space and praying to him to recently with my nun passing away, I um, bought her a star and I go out and I talk to her and I talk to God every night. So for me, you know, God isn't just there when I'm in church and I have to pray to him when I'm in church. You know, he's there with me every single day. So I don't feel the need as an adult to always have to go to church to show that, you know, I'm Catholic and I believe. Um, For me, it just means that I'm present with him daily in in so many different ways, you know. It might be that, you know, I'm being a good Samaritan to one of my students or one of my colleagues or, you know, teaching, you know. So many saints are out there because they were teaching and they were passionate. So I feel like in my career, I'm, you know, modelling those charisms I guess you could yeah. say I was going to ask you've kind of started to ask, answer the question but knowing that you know that and we, we use the term faith journey I think yeah. it's a wonderful term to yeah. use because it really does describe the, what you're on and it's something that never ends exactly. because it's always changing but where you're currently at mm-hmm. on the on the faith journey that you're on how do you feel that um, it helps make you a better teacher um, I, may, I feel like it makes me feel more present you know, and very grateful for what I have, you know, um, the way that, the way that I teach is to be very mindful with my children and, you know, to model as many ways as I possibly can, that I am a good human being, how we can be a good human being, and also praising them for the moments that they are good human beings as well. Um, so, you know, it's really who you are to the core and, Um, You know, also explaining to the children that, you know, mistakes are such a big part of it and God loves us no matter what. Mm. Um, Because I guess a lot of the Bible quotes can be quite controversial, you know, especially with the ways that family dynamics and, you know, couples are changing in today's society. You know, there's so many things that can be quite controversial and especially with these young children that are growing up, it's normalised for them. It's just talking to them and teaching them that everyone's God's child, you know. It doesn't matter what path we go down. As long as we are good human beings and we do good by ourselves first, we do good by others and we take care of those people and those things that we love, you know, 
we're going to have a happy life. And that doesn't mean that we need lots of money. That doesn't mean that we need to be perfect at every single thing that we do. It means that we're going to make mistakes. But, you know, through all of that, God is going to be there with us no matter what, Mm. you know. And he is... He's like the the person inside your head, you know. He's always there. He's always there to talk to you. You might be talking to the person in your head, but he's always there listening as well. You know, you don't need to speak out loud to be to be with God. He's right there inside of you. So, um, I guess with me personally, going through some pivotal parts in my life, I always turn back to him as mm. well. There must have been a lot of people on your, I mean, you sound like, you know, I mean, God and your Catholic faith has been a huge part of your life, yeah. like right from day dot through to now, and it's constantly changing and constantly evolving. But that won't have been the case for a lot of people who were on that mm-hmm. um, early um, teacher's uh, program with you. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you felt mm-hmm. um, that the experience of doing that helped them? Like, what, what do you see that they could gain from doing this experience? Because a lot of them, they probably might be experiencing a lot of these things and talking about these things for the very first time. Yeah. How do you think that would that would actually help them in a, in a Catholic school context? Just letting them know it's okay, you know? And I think, like I said, I think that's actually why that they picked me to come and do this podcast because what you see is what you get with me. And I felt so comfortable. They made me feel so comfortable in that environment where – we weren't judged for what we were going to say. Right. And so that how did they How did they do that? How did they say that? Um, it wasn't with what they said. It was just the, just, I guess you could say, young person term, vibe. It was the vibe yeah. in the room, you know. And I guess the particular, they did say, you know, you, you're welcome to say how you feel. And we encourage you to say how you feel. Because if we're not going to say how we feel and we're talking by the book, you know, nobody's going to really gain anything out of it. Yeah, so true. Everybody's going to be, you know, scared of what in particular they say because it might offend somebody else or it might not align with someone else's values or it might not be what we think we're meant to be thinking. Mm. Um, but, you know, we were, we right from the bat were in a safe environment and the more that the time went on and the days went on and we socialised with one another and we shared our stories, um, the more people opened up. I I wouldn't say there was one person in there that felt uncomfortable or didn't share something. Everybody shared something about their life and where they are at with their, you know, religious beliefs and the way that they teach religious education. And it it was such... An amazing experience. You know, I came back here and I told my colleagues, they're like, how was it? The experience overall, like, I will remember it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was there many conversations after that, like, as, as the as the experience and the, the, the day and the, the night they progressed, um, the way the conversations were evolving, especially with those teachers who hadn't really engaged in much in their own faith life themselves, mm-hmm. how did that kind of start to change and, and the way the conversations moved once they realised they were in a safe space and able to um, um, speak freely? Um, you could just tell that the conversation was more meaningful everybody was talking about their own personal experiences you know how they approach things in their own life and you know like I've just explained to you how my faith journey has evolved and is still evolving Mm. um you know everybody was having that opportunity to share themselves as well um 
and you know as 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 a listener as well I got the opportunity to hear oh you know what I might not be speaking at this particular part about this particular point but they've just clarified that what I'm feeling is okay yeah um, so, you know, a lot of the people that didn't speak as much as others, I'm sure they were sitting in the room going, you know what, I'm not, I might not be saying something cause I'm a little bit nervous about what people might say, but from what this person is saying, I in myself know that my thoughts are okay. Wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, I guess your hopes for the future and the kind of teacher and educator that you want to become. Can you tell me a bit about that person? Um, it's actually a, a big thought that I'm going through at the moment because I'm actually going through job applications at the moment in the process of sitting down and explaining who I am as a teacher. And, you know, the question gets asked, where do you actually see yourself going? Um, and for me, you know, um, my religion and my faith will always be there. That's not something that I'm ever concerned about. You know, nobody's going to come into my life and change those values. Um, so I guess for me, it's my learning, you know, being making sure that I'm keeping up with the kids of our generation and what they're learning and what they're being accessible to and making sure that, um, you know, I'm up to date with that. And, Why is that so important, do you think? Um, so that we're not stuck behind, you know. I feel like there's, a, you know, a, a lot of teachers out there that it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes with how quickly things are changing, yeah. you know, to do yeah, with digital so technologies, yeah. you know, how we spoke about before this even started, all your amazing gear that you've got here, you know. <laughs> yeah. I see that as an opportunity to learn um, and I feel like with my personality, that is something that's going to also with my faith move with me, the fact that I always still want to learn. What do you think in what you've observed so far, and I know it hasn't been long, mm. but the is there any kind of like fundamental key differences between um, the way a Catholic school is and the way that a non-Catholic school is? The beauty of being so early on in my career is that I have had the opportunity to work in different settings as well. Um, so, you know, whether that may be that I continue my path with the being in a religion, you know, being, being being in a Catholic school, sorry, or, you know, being in a private school or being in a public school, my faith will still be a part of my teaching. And that obviously will change um, and be a little bit different if I do work in a deck school compared to a Catholic school because, you know, faith isn't a part of their curriculum, but it doesn't mean that it can't be spoken about. Mm. It doesn't mean it can't be a part of the, the way, in the spirit of the way you teach. Exactly right. Um, so I'll still bring those charisms and, you know, those good Samaritan values and all my beliefs with me wherever I go. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... Me as a teacher, I just see myself learning, learning more. Um, the more experiences that I have and the more children that I teach, um, the more holistic I will become, you know. I'm never going to say I'm a perfect teacher, you know. I don't believe there is a perfect teacher out there. But I believe if you have the ethos and the mentality of I want to learn as much as I possibly can, then I'm still going to be relevant to my children, mm. you know still be up to date with what's happening in their lives which I think is the most important then I feel like I'm gonna go far I see it as a very long journey just like my faith journey I feel with teaching for me it's gonna be a journey filled with lots of ups and lots of downs but it's gonna be um an enjoyable ride and you know looking back at it from when I'm 60 you know years down the track I'll say you know 
wow, look at where I've come. And, you know, this point that I'm in at my life at the moment where, you know, worried about a job, you know, is, is that really going to dictate how good of a teacher I am? You know, if a particular school doesn't want me for whatever reason, does that really, you know, show how good of a teacher I am? You know, just reassuring yourself with those things as well. And for me at the moment, going through that process, I have really connected with God and said, you know, are you looking out for me out there? (laughs) You know, please watch over me while I go and do this, you know, give me like the wisdom and the right words to be able to, you know, approach this and really show them what my values are. For more content for teachers by teachers, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now and make sure you don't miss any new episodes coming soon. This podcast was produced by James Meston and me, Michaela Howard-Jones, for ArchD Radio and Podcasting. Thank you for joining me here today. We will see you again soon for another episode.